Well, the word Advent means arrival, and, and so what we're doing in the series is we're celebrating uh, the, the time that, that God arrived in our world, the time that Jesus Christ came into the world to save and redeem us. And uh, as I said, we're looking at Isaiah, these Old Testament prophecies, these messianic statements about the coming of the Messiah, what he's going to do when he comes, and what he's going to look like, and, and what he's going to be like when he comes. And uh, last week we had sort of, the, the tone was somber, we talked about sin, uh, because when the, when the Messiah comes, he's going to rescue us from the gravity and dominion of our sin. We learned all about that last week. And this week, there's a totally different tone. Isaiah 40 begins, comfort, comfort my people. And so uh, last week was a cold prickly. Uh, Maybe this week is a warm fuzzy. (laughs) Uh, This is a a comfort passage. And it's all about the coming of the Messiah and that the Messiah will comfort us when he comes. The news of the coming of God is something that is deeply comforting. Because when he comes, what is he going to do? Well, what it says here is that when the Messiah comes, he is going to be our shepherd. And so notice uh, this psalm. It says, comfort my people and, and cry out because the, the Messiah is coming. My, my chosen one, one is coming. And it says, what is he going to do when he comes? Well, in verse 11, it says, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And so it's such comforting news. When the Messiah comes, when God comes into the world, what is he going to do? He's going to come to be our shepherd. Now, we don't live in an agrarian society, uh, at least not really anymore. And so it's hard to us even to imagine, I mean, what is a shepherd? uh, What does a shepherd do? Uh, What does it mean that the Messiah is going to be our shepherd? Well, in the Bible, the word shepherd was always used for leadership. And so uh, the main metaphor in the Bible for uh, both the, the, the civil leaders, the, you know, the kings and the magistrates, as well as the religious leaders, the priests and the, and the Levites and the scribes, uh, the, the, word that the, the metaphor that the Bible uses for leadership all the way through is shepherd, the shepherd and the sheep. And so uh, what this passage is telling us is that it's good news, it's comforting news, because when the Messiah comes, he is going to be our shepherd. He is going to be our leader. Now, when you, when you listen to the story of the Bible, almost from the very beginning, it's a story of a leadership crisis, right? And so you've got uh, Moses, who is a pretty good leader, but remember at the end of his life, uh, Moses, uh, he, he's dying, and he says, God, don't leave uh, your people as sheep without a shepherd, Right? Don't leave them uh, rudderless. Don't leave them without a leader. Don't leave them a sheep without a shepherd. And so God sends Joshua, but then Joshua dies and he's gone. And from then forward, things just get worse and worse until uh, Israel just has one bad leader after another. And even the best ones, like King David, you know, slept, slept with Bathsheba and killed Uriah and things like that. Even the best ones were not great. And so one bad leader after another, a string of poor leadership, and Israel is crying out, God, where are you? We are sheep without a shepherd. And along comes Isaiah with this comforting news. Listen, I'm going to bring a leader. There's going to be a shepherd. He's going to come into the world. He's going to be the ideal shepherd, the right shepherd, the one who's finally going to lead you out of your leadership crisis. Now, this, was, this is the context, and that was their world, but aren't you glad we don't have a leadership crisis in our world? Political leaders let us down. Uh, political leaders sometimes lead us astray. Many, many of us are frustrated with leaders of the other party. 
Many of us are frustrated with the leaders of our own party. But it's not just political leaders, it's also religious leaders. I was reading in Christianity Today yesterday, and uh, yet again, another story of a, of a prominent Christian leader who's messed up. And he didn't really do anything horrible, he just did something stupid. And so, uh, you know, it seems like over and over again, we're let down by our leaders, the ones that we feel are supposed to be there for us. It's not just religious leaders or political leaders. It's also parents, people that are leading in sort of the domestic realm. And so many of us are let down by father figures. Many of us are let down by mothers. Uh, Many of us feel like there was a failure in our parental uh, upbringing. It's left us bitter. It's left us full of resentment. And so maybe that's where you're at this morning, a little bit frustrated, a little bit cynical because of leaders of all types in in your life. There's a leadership crisis. It's a great little quote. Um, this is by William Sangster. He says, The world is painfully in need of leaders. I wait to hear a voice, and no voice comes. I would rather listen than speak, but there is no clarion voice to listen to. And so here the people of Israel, Israel were looking for a voice, looking for leadership. And maybe here we are today, a leadership crisis, looking for a voice, looking for someone to guide us, looking for someone to speak clearly, to live right, in order to guide us into the future. And what Isaiah says is, here's the comforting news. A voice is finally crying in the wilderness. There will be a shepherd who will come and lead my people to greener pastures. And this is the message of Advent. The, 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 the world's longed-for leader is finally going to come, and we're finally going to get someone who's going to lead us right. And that's what Isaiah talks about. And he uses here, again, this metaphor of the shepherd and the sheep for the leadership here. And what I want to do is I want to reflect on the leadership that the Messiah is going to bring by looking at three, three things here in the passage. I think we learned three things from this, from this text. Number one, it tells us the leadership that we need, our need for leadership. Second of all, it shows us the type of leadership that we need, so our need for leadership, the type of leadership that we need, and finally, it tells us about Jesus, how he finally brings the leadership that we long for. Three things, and so let's first look at our need for leadership. Now, uh, notice here in verse 11, it says, he will tend his flock like a shepherd, He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom, and he will gently lead those that are with young. Now, what does this tell us? Well, it tells us, obviously, about the Messiah, but it implies something about us, doesn't it? Uh, It says something about the Messiah. He's the great leader. He's the shepherd. But what does this tell us about us? It tells us that we are what? We're sheep. In fact, uh, 400 times throughout the Bible, we are called sheep. It's one of the main metaphors for the human race in the Bible. And, you know, the Bible says a lot of flattering things about humanity. Uh, The Bible calls us, uh, you know, image of God, you know, made in God's image, creative, intelligent, beautiful people. Uh, The Bible also says that we are kingdoms, uh, a kingdom of uh, kings and priests is what it calls us. We're kings, we're priests, we're creative, we rule uh, in many ways in this world. Uh, The the, the Bible uh, calls us sons and daughters, And so there's a lot of flattering things that the Bible says about us, but sheep is not one of them. (laughs) Uh, When the Bible calls us sheep, it's sort of an an insult. And it's kind of meant to be. It's, It's meant to show us something about ourselves, a need that we all have. 
We all need leadership. There's something about us as human beings that are always going astray. There's something about us as human beings that, that, that's always uh, you know, doing things that are bad for us. And, and we do it over and over and over again, don't we? We're sheep. And we think about sheep, you know, as modern people. We go all soft, don't we? We think about, you know, green pastures and, and blue uh, uh, little pools of, of, of water. And we think of the sweet, fluffy widow whammies, right? But I did some reading this week, and I, I, there's, some, there's a pastor in, uh, in, in England who is also a shepherd for many years. And this is what he says about sheep. So he, he observed them firsthand. Uh, he watched them for many years, and this is what he says about sheep. A sheep is a stupid animal. Sheep lose their direction continually, as cats and dogs and other animals do not. In addition, sheep are extremely obstinate. Even when you find the lost sheep, it is very difficult to round them up and to bring them home unless you have a dog to scare them. The lost sheep rushes to and fro, and when you find it, you must seize it, cast it down, tie its legs together, and put it over your shoulders to carry it home. Sheep are not at all the cute and cuddly creatures they appear to be at a distance. On the contrary, they are subject to nasty pests and need to be regularly thrown into strong chemicals in order to rid them of lice, ticks, and worms. Behold the Bible's main metaphor for the human race. <laughs> and so, listen, you know, we're image of God, right? We are, we are brilliant, creative people, but we also are sheep. We're going astray, we're always doing things that are bad for us, and we need leadership. And so if you look at the passage here, notice uh, it says he will tend his flock like a shepherd. Now, why does he have to tend the flock? It's because the sheep, they're always getting lost, and the, the sheep are incredibly vulnerable. They can't take care of themselves. That's why. And then it says he will gather the lambs. Why does he need to gather them? Because lambs are always going astray. They're always getting lost. They're always going out and, and, and uh, losing their way. It says he will carry the lambs in his arms. Why does he have to do that? It's because sheep, you know, they get hurt, and so sometimes you have to pick them up and carry them home. Or even sometimes sheep, when they get lost, they won't even come to you, so you have to pick the thing up and carry it back. And he will gently lead the sheep because we, we need leadership. This is what the Bible says is true about you. Now, this is true about us, uh, you know, just in general, right? As a, as a body politic, uh, human beings, uh, we need leadership. We're short-sighted. Uh, everybody does what's right in their own eyes. You know, left to ourselves, uh, we are going to do what's best for us and not what's best for the whole. And so we need leaders to come. We need political leaders and, and county leaders and religious leaders and all sorts of leaders because just as a body politic, uh, we as human beings, we, we, we don't do what's best for everybody else. We kind of do our own thing do what's best for number one. But I think what the Bible's getting at here is that we, our, spirit, our, soul, our souls need leadership. That we are like sheep spiritually. And so think about that, this. We will eat things that are bad for us spiritually. Uh, we will always put our hopes in the wrong things. We, we're always putting our hopes in uh, romantic relationships. We're always putting our hopes in that ne next business venture. We're always putting our hopes in that next presidential candidate. We're always putting our hopes in the wrong thing. We eat things that are bad for us, and they don't fill us up. They leave us, they leave us empty. We, we find ourselves standing in unsafe places spiritually, so we get ourselves into trouble. Right, we struggle with lust and 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 uh, you know sexual temptations. And what do we do? We're over and over here. What are we doing? We're on the internet. 
looking at things that we shouldn't be looking at. We find ourselves getting into unsafe environments. And we do this repeatedly, right? We make a stupid decision and we say say to ourselves, I'll never do that again. Nope, never do that again. And lo and behold, a week later, you're doing the same stupid thing again. It's because we're like sheep. We get lost spiritually. We get lost. And some of you feel that more than others this morning. Some of you, you, you right now, you feel lost. You say, you're thinking to yourselves, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I am. I don't know what to do next. The future is, is uh, black and foggy, and, and I'm lost. I feel lost. But all of us get lost now and then. All of us, like sheep, go astray. We turn everyone to his own way. And God is pointing us, here's the way, walk ye in it. And what are we doing? We're constantly veering off. We're constantly going astray. We're like sheep. We follow the pack. We're followers. And we, we follow the pack even when it's not the right thing to do. You know, you, sit, you tell your kids, your kids say, look, everybody on the block has a cell phone. Uh, you know, all my friends who are seven years old have a cell phone. I need to get one too. Right? You need to tell your kids, you know, if your friend jumped off a cliff, would you do that? Oh, no, you wouldn't. But, but we do that, don't we? Right? Here it is Christmas time, and the whole world is out there consuming and spending and, and getting into debt. And lo and behold, some of us are doing that too. Why? It's because this is what our culture is telling us to do, and we're sheep. <laughs> I was reading this morning of a, of a shepherd. Uh, it was a sheep in uh, Turkey. And there's a story of these sheep that, what sheep will do is they will follow each other even off of a cliff. I mean, literally that happens. And so there's a story about how 400 sheep uh, followed each other off the, of a cliff and they all died. And, then, and some thousand others followed after them and they didn't die because they landed on a cushion, right? <laughs> right? And, and so, but this is what we do. Right? We, we're followers, and we, we follow leaders that are leading us in the wrong direction. We do repeatedly things that are foolish. And so this passage, this, this need for a leader, it's telling us something about ourselves, isn't it? Yes, we are image of God. Yes, we are kings and priests. But we are also sheep. And, and b- before I move on, let me just conclude this, uh, this point, the first point about our sheepness. By just, uh, you know, think about your own life. I mean, do you see this? Are you protecting yourself against this in your own life? There's a story of Odysseus, uh, that old story of Odysseus. You remember, he was on his ship, you know, and he's sailing past the the island of the Sirens. And the Sirens, there were beautiful women who would sing, and the sailors would go by the island, and they'd hear the beautiful singing. They would turn in towards the island, and they would shipwreck. And Odysseus thought to himself before he hit the island and he, and he told his crew, he said, listen, I want you to tie me to the mast. I want you to tie me to the mast. I want you to you know, cover my ears so I don't hear anything. And no matter how I scream, I don't know if he said I'd cover my ears. He said, no matter how, I, how much I scream, he says, don't you let me go. And what was he, he was realizing, I, I will do the wrong thing if given the chance. I will go astray. I will turn aside and, and shipwreck if given the chance. And, and, I, and he was recognizing his own capability, his own sheepness. And he reached out to some other authority to, to guide him. Help me. I don't know what to do. And we as, as modern people, we hate this. We're almost allergic to the idea of authority. We're almost allergic to the idea that someone can tell us what to do. I will do what I want, when I want. Nobody can tell me what's right or wrong for me. But the Bible says if you go that direction, you will shipwreck. Because we're all like sheep, and we all naturally go astray, and we need a leader. 
what kind of a leader do we need? And that's the second point. Uh, this passage, what it does is it, is it not only implies uh, our need here, that, we're, that, we, that we need a leadership leader, that we're going astray, we get ourselves in trouble spiritually, but it also uh, tells us something about the type of leader that we need. Because not just any old leader will do. There's good leaders and bad leaders, right? Right, not just any old leader is, is gonna lead us to greener pastures. We need the right one. We need good leaders. Well, what does that look like? Well, this passage tells us exactly what the ideal leader looks like. Notice it says here, it, it's, there are two uh, verses uh, that, that talk about the leadership that the Messiah will bring, and in verse 10 and verse 11. And what I want to show you is that these are two different uh, statements about leadership that almost seem mutually exclusive. They almost seem like they don't go together. And so look at verse 10. He's talking about the leader, and it says, Behold, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense is before him. So this is a strong leader, the arm of the Lord. And the word arm there is, is mentioned all the way through Isaiah, talking about the leader that would come who will destroy God's enemy and he will rule with power and authority and, and, and might. The arm of the Lord. This is the kind of leader that it's talking about, almost a military leader. The arm of the Lord will come, his recompense is with him. And then verse 11 he says, and he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And so he, he goes on and he says, and this, this leader will also tend his flock like a shepherd. And he will gather the little lambs in his arms. And he will gently lead those who are with young. And this is another kind of leader, isn't it? This is a tender, soft, gentle sort of leader. Where the first, uh, ver verse 10 says, the arm of the Lord will come with violence and strength and, and he will conquer the sharp, hard edge sort of leader. But then it says, and then he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will patiently, tenderly care for them. And what the, what the Bible does here is that the Messiah is gonna bring these two very different things together and that's the sort of leader that you need. You need a strong leader you need a leader who's going to come and be strong enough and powerful enough to defeat your enemies. You need a leader who's, who's got such clarity that he can have the authority to tell you what to do in your life. But you also need a leader who can do that with gentleness and patience and kindness. You see, the Bible's bringing these two things together and says, this is the ideal leader. This is what the leader looks like. He's strong on the one hand, and he can tell you what to do. And I think all of us long this, this aspect of a leader. I was reading a story the other day of this young boy, and he said, uh, you know, my parents, when I was growing up, they were very modern, and they never told me what to do. They, they were very open-minded, and they said, look, you can, you can do whatever you want. You find your own way. And he said, you know, I kind of longed for them to tell me what to do. I wanted some sort of authority, some sort of clarity, someone who could say, this is the way, walk in it. Here's the path, here's what's right, go that way. And they, they, I wanted somebody with that authority. And this is what he said. He said, they never told me I would be proud of you if you did this or that. When I asked them for guidance, they always said, we just want you to do whatever truly you truly want to do. Whatever that is, that will be all right with us. But then he complained, he says, but this made me feel unloved and rudderless. He said, I needed somebody to tell me that's the right thing to do. I'm proud of you. 
I had to go look for other kinds of family because my family wouldn't be the family that I needed. And so he's, he, what is he, he's, this is a longing for a, one type of leader that we need. Someone with clarity, somebody with strength, somebody with authority who can tell us this is the way. Someone who's strong enough to defeat our enemies who can give us that security, you know, that security like, you know, a good doctor. I know what I'm doing and I can take care of this situation. But then we also need the leader who's tender, right? We need the leader who can do that but with, with this compassion and patience, who can bring us along. We need somebody who can bring these two things together. You know, I read a, a lot of books on pastoral leadership and and it talks about two sorts of pastors uh, in, in these books. It talks about the pastor who's the visionary. You know, he's leading the charge, and he's strong, and he's got a clear vision for the future, and he, he knows exactly which way to go, and he's not a real soft guy, but he's going to break down the walls, and he's going to move us forward. And then it talks about another pastor who's sort of a chaplain. You know, someone who's there to care and tend for the, the, the weak and, and he, someone who's going to be gentle with our faults and our failures. Someone who's going to listen to us and be patient with us and vi- visit us in the hospital. And the book said that hardly any pastor brings these two things together, and that's true. I'm a pastor. I feel it. But the Messiah will come and he will be the ideal leader that we all need. Someone who comes with truth and love with authority and tenderness. Somebody who can come and say, look, I'm here to lead you, but I'm here to do it with such incredible gentleness. We all need that. We all need this sort of leader. This is a definition of what true leadership looks like, the ideal leader. And as soon as we see this, we start seeing the ways that our leaders fail us, and also maybe the way we have failed as leaders. As a parent, I find myself falling off on one of these sides or the other. You know, and I'll come in, and here's my child, and and, and he's messed up, and what he needs is for dad to sit down, and he he needs dad to talk to him and to listen to him, but dad is angry, and he comes in with the law. But then there there are the other parents that just sort of check out, and hey, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I've got the TV on and I've got my things that I'm going to do. And, you know, and, and this is what we do. It's either abdication of leadership or it's the abuse of leadership. Right? We need a leader who understands our weaknesses but also can lead us out of our weaknesses. And so many of us, we either abuse or we neglect. We abdicate or we use our authority the wrong way. But the perfect leader is both Clear, decisive, but tender and loving. This is what we want. As you look through the Bible, you see that even the best leaders fall off on one side or the other. You know, you've got leaders like Herod, right? King Herod during Christmas time, he was the guy that abused the leadership. He was always taking authority and smashing people under his thumb. But then you've got even, you've got even King David, who's supposed to be the best leader that the Bible has on offer. And remember that time when he was out, he should have been out at war, you know, leading the charge. What was he doing? He was at home watching the internet, abdicating his authority, and the people were sheep without a shepherd. And so this passage teaches us about our need for leadership. We're all looking, we're all looking for that person to lead us and guide us out of our disasters that we're all in. 
But second of all, we see what is that, what is that leader that we need? Truth and love, strength and compassion. This, this arm of the Lord that's both going forward to conquer, but also the arm that's carrying the weak in his bosom. We need someone who could bring those two things together. And this, is, this brings us to the third point, which is this is exactly the leadership that Jesus gives us. You remember at the very beginning of the Bible, remember I said Moses, he prayed to God, God, don't leave your people sheep without a shepherd. Remember way at the beginning, he's, he's dying, don't leave your people as sheep without a shepherd. The years go by, and shepherd after shepherd comes, come, comes you know, David and Solomon and all these other uh, kings, Hezekiah, then finally Herod. And do you remember Jesus as he stood over Jer- Jerusalem and he looked at this, this flock of people, these Jewish people, what did he say? He said he saw them, he had compassion, why? Because they're still sheep without a shepherd. After all these years and all these leaders and all these kings and all these priests and all these scribes, God's people are still sheep without a shepherd. And here's where we are today with all of our leadership. Oh, we're still looking for that one. And Jesus said, and the Bible says, well, this leader came in the person of Jesus, and he was that perfect leader who brought together this, this truth and love, this strength and compassion. Because on the one hand, Jesus had strength, didn't he? You know, he came and he would speak to the weather, <laughs> and the weather would obey him. And, his, and the people would look at it, the disciples would say, who is this man that even the wind and the waves, you know, obey him like a little dog. You remember that time when he, he, he was not afraid to speak truth to power. He would go right into the religious leaders of his day and he would tell them that they were hypocrites. And do you remember that time he, he had that whip and he went into the temple and he started clearing house. I mean, what power, what authority, what righteous indignation. He didn't just go in there with the whip. It says he made a whip. I mean, what kind of a, a bad uh, person do you have to be? <laughs> What kind of strength do you need to have to make your own whip? I mean, here was a man of incredible leadership strength. And yet, little children would come into Jesus' presence and be unintimidated. Remember, he said, let the children come unto me, and he gathered them in his arms. I think it was Charles Spurgeon who said, you can tell if a man is truly kind. You can tell if a man is truly kind by the way children by the way he treats children. And Jesus was a man who would get down on his knees and he would gather the little kids in his arms. And prostitutes and tax collectors and lepers and all sorts of people on the margins felt free to come right into his presence. They were not afraid. And you see these moments where he just brings this sort of leadership together. Like the time, do you remember when he was talking to the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well? And you remember he came up to her and he was, he was so tender. You know, there were, she was an outsider and she was unclean for a Jew and yet he came right up to her and he sat by the well and he said, can I have a drink out of your canteen? And she said, what, you want me, a Samaritan, to give you a drink? And he engaged her in conversation so tenderly, so wisely. But then he looked at her and he says, the person you're living with now is not your husband and in fact you've had five of them just speaking truth like an arrow right into her life. And then she went away and she said, you've got to meet this man. You've got to meet this leader who was so compassionate and so tender, and yet he told me everything that I ever did. 
truth and love brought together over and over again in the life of Jesus. This is the leader that we're looking for. And Isaiah says, behold, here's the comfort. This is your God. The reason why Jesus was able to be this type of leader is because he was God come into the world. He was the world's true king come in flesh and blood. And this ultimate act of leadership where he brought truth and love together, strength and tenderness together was at the cross. Because on the cross, Jesus did battle against our enemies, sin and death. And it it took such courage to walk into that darkness, to walk into that battle. It took such authority to bear that cross and yet he went into that and so we see his strength but we also see his incredible tenderness because he bore us. He carried, he was carrying us there in his arms, bearing our sin, loving us to the end. Jesus Christ is the leader that we're all looking for. He's the one who will say, walk ye in it. This is the way. But he's also the one who carried, he literally carried your own weakness and brokenness on his back. Comfort my people. This is, this is the one. This is the leader that's going to end our leadership crisis. This is the shepherd that will finally lead his sheep. So let me end here with some application. So what does this all mean? Well, I want you to see that finally this statement is also an invitation. Uh, you know, there, there are voices crying here. What are they saying? They're proclaiming the good news. They're getting up on, on mountains and saying, hey, let me tell you about this king. Let me tell you about this one who's going to come. This is, a, this is a declaration of the good news of our true king come into the world. It's also an invitation to follow. Let me invite you to do three things. I want to invite you to trust this shepherd. So many of us, we, we have a hard time trusting leaders, but let me tell you, you can trust this one. I was listening to a song this past week from the early 90s. I won't even tell you what it is because it will date me, and it's a pretty lame song, honestly. But I love the lyrics. It's by a Christian band called The Cry. And here's how the chorus goes. It says, Take my hand and walk where I lead. Keep your eyes on me alone. Don't say why were the old days better. Just because you're scared of the unknown. Take my hand and walk. And this is the first invitation of the shepherd. Take my hand and walk. Take my hand into the future, the unknown future. You can trust me. I love you. I know where I'm going. And I know where you are. And I could bring you along. Take my hand, he's saying. And walk with me into the future. I want you to trust him. Stop trusting yourself. You're a sheep. You don't know what you're doing. (laughs) The shepherd knows exactly what he's doing. and He knows you and he loves you and he cares for you. Take his hand and follow him. Secondly, I want you to obey him. Again, he knows what's best for you. He's, He's your creator. He also is your redeemer. He's the shepherd of the sheep. He knows you better than you know yourself. And I don't know what he's calling you to obey, to obey him in this morning. Maybe it's forgiveness. Or maybe it's accountability. Or maybe it's some level of, of integrity that he wants you to, to grab onto in your life. Obey your shepherd. And then finally, I want you to invite you to hope. 
I want you, this invites us to hope because listen, many of us are hopeless because we look at the leaders in our nation and maybe we look at the religious leaders in our particular tribe or maybe we look at the leaders in our own family and we're sort of hopeless. Will I ever know? I'm lost. Will I ever know the way? Listen, put your hope in Jesus Christ. He is your leader. He is the world's true king. He's the only true good shepherd. Rest your hope on him. Don't put your hope in anybody else. Yes, leaders are gifts and leaders are great, but all of them fail. Even the best ones fail, but there is one leader who will take your hand and lead you into green pastures. Hope in him. And one day he's going to return. He's going to make all things right. He's going to end all injustice. He's going to clear away all the brokenness in our world. But now I just invite you to take his hand and follow him. Trust him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, this passage. And God, it's a, it's a passage about how you uh, came into the world during Advent to be our shepherd. God, you are, you are the world's true leader. God, you are the only one who, who brings together uh, both this tenderness and this authority. And God, we ask that, that Lord, as we, as we sit here in the room this morning, as, as all of us, God, come here with uh, various uh, levels of, of lostness and sheepness, Lord, we pray that you would help us to step into your leadership or following your leadership. God, help us, Lord, to take your hand God, we pray that we would trust you, obey you, and ultimately hope in who you are and what you will do in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.